Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. So today we're going to talk a bit of unusual hormone imbalance that causes women to be unable to get pregnant. It's called hypothalamic amenorrhea. The ovaries are controlled by the release of two hormones from the pituitary gland called FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone, and LH, luteinizing hormone. The role, not surprisingly by its name, of follicle-stimulating hormones is to stimulate follicles. If you don't make that hormone, then the eggs that are sitting in the ovary can't be stimulated to move forward to ultimately ovulate. So FSH is vital for that process. LH, the other hormone's role, is really only for about 48 hours. Right in the middle of the cycle, when the egg's ready to be released, that hormone spikes and the high levels of that hormone running around in the bloodstream produce changes in the egg that make it ready to be fertilised. Things like moving it from 46 chromosomes to 23 chromosomes to meet the other 23 that come with the sperm. It also begins the process that lets the egg out of the follicle. So you can imagine that when there is no oestrogen to build the lining of the womb up, there won't be any periods because there's nothing to come away. So these women with these very low pituitary hormone levels don't have periods. We call that amenorrhea. Now, it's called hypothalamic amenorrhea because the area above the pituitary in the brain called the hypothalamus, which is really the control center for the production of eggs. 
And when that's switched off, it's not sending messages down the track to the pituitary gland to then produce the hormones. So the reason the pituitary gland isn't producing any LH or FSH is because it's getting no messages from the hypothalamus. In fact, this is the situation in childhood. The hypothalamus is there, the pituitary is there, but young girls don't start to produce any of the LH and FSH until they start going through puberty. So why would it be that the hypothalamus, the control centre, has gone to sleep? Why is it that the hormone it produces called GnRH, gonadotrophin-releasing hormone, which is the message that passes down through the blood vessels to the pituitary, why is it that that hormone fails to be released? There are a number of reasons. The first one that we know of is that control centre is sensitive to weight. So girls who are very, very thin or indeed lose weight substantially, like going from 60 kilos to 45 kilos, will switch off their hypothalamus and therefore switch off LH and FSH and therefore switch off the ovary and therefore stop having periods. Significant weight loss is one cause. Another cause is stress. Quite how stress switches off the control centre, no one really knows. But you certainly can do it, both in men and in women. For instance, in the war zones of the world, it is well documented that the significant stress of being under fire in a war zone can cause hypothalamic amenorrhea. Schoolgirls or university students' city exams often switch off their periods as they lead up to that horrible time when the exams are about to occur. Psychological disorders can also do that. And if you put psychological disorders together with weight loss, what you have is anorexia nervosa. So this is a condition that affects girls usually in their teens and early 20s who develop an eating disorder where they don't eat or if they do eat they vomit up their food deliberately because they have a self-image problem often related to domestic circumstances and a stressful home life. These girls stop having periods. When that condition starts to resolve, as they resolve their psychological issues, they start eating again, they put on a little bit of weight, back come the periods. The other cause of weight loss is obviously exercise. And certainly amongst high-performing women athletes, losing periods is not uncommon. That as they train and lose their body fat, they switch off their hypothalamus. It's not a dangerous condition, although if prolonged, can have one potential side effect. And that is because we're switching off the ovaries and not producing estrogen, a woman's bones can age early. Osteoporosis can occur over a long period of hypothalamic amenorrhea. In most cases, this problem is, resolves itself over a, a year or two or three and probably osteoporosis is no longer an issue. There's a very rare case that goes on and on. There are other causes of hypogonotrophic 
hypogonadism. That's another term for low levels of LH and FSH resulting in low levels of estrogen. There is something called prolactinemia where the hormone prolactin, which is vital for breastfeeding, can be abnormally raised during normal life, usually due to a very tiny tumour in the pituitary gland. These tiny tumours are not cancer, and they're just an overgrowth of those cells that produce prolactin. That prolactin release inhibits the production of LH and FSH, and therefore, again, you get amenorrhea because there is no estrogen being performed and these women also don't get pregnant because they're not making an egg. An extremely rare cause of hypothalamic amenorrhea is a a space occupying lesion, basically a a tumour, sometimes malignant, which is occurring next to or within the brain substance, pressing on the hypothalamus or involving the hypothalamus and therefore switching the whole mechanism off. Obviously that's very dangerous and it needs to be excluded in the early diagnosis of hypothalamic amenorrhea. This is usually done with an MRI scan. Now, women who have hypothalamic amenorrhea and want to get pregnant have a couple of issues to get over. The first relates to making the ovaries work. Without natural production of FSH and LH, an egg is not going to develop. So what can we do? Unfortunately, it's very difficult to switch on the hypothalamus to produce the releasing hormone that releases FSH and LH. It can be done uh, using a pump, using GnRH, but it's very time-consuming and uh, needs to be done for weeks on end to achieve the purpose. So these days what we generally do is forget about the hypothalamus, forget about the pituitary gland and give injections of the FSH and LH by injections under the skin, just like an IVF cycle. And using low doses of those medications, we can stimulate an egg growth in the ovary, stimulate estrogen, give an LH surge once the egg, the follicle has grown big enough to have a mature egg in it, and an egg is released and provided intercourse as occurring with a husband who's got normal sperm, spontaneous pregnancies can then occur. One of the issues that then follows is that pregnancy in a very thin woman, if that's why she's got her amenorrhea due to hypothalamic shutdown, pregnancy in thin women do not do as well as normal weighted women. The babies tend to be smaller and born more prematurely. There are more risks to the baby. And so many of us are a little nervous about moving forward with that sort of therapy to produce a baby if the weight is quite low, like 40 to 45 kilos. And certainly under 40, no one really should be attempting to conceive because of the risks to the baby. Before moving forward with fertility, one would generally attack the weight issue, probably psychiatry assistance and dietary assistance to put on weight. If the amenorrhea is caused by the pituitary gland producing too much prolactin, there are specific medications that switch off prolactin production and then re-establish a normal cycle. Those drugs commonly used are bromocryptine, 
and a drug called carbergaline. These drugs don't seem to affect pregnancy. By switching them off, switching off prolactin production, you resume a normal menstrual cycle. Obviously, if there's a tumour of significant size, then it probably needs to be removed before thinking about having a baby. Hypothalamic amenorrhea is a relatively uncommon cause of infertility, but it's certainly one of the reasons that I see women in my clinic who are trying to get pregnant. The weight usually gives away the hint that this is the problem if, together with the low weight, they are not having periods. Investigations with blood tests usually will, will tell us the answer. Once the diagnosis is established and a pregnancy is desired, it's relatively straightforward and generally does not involve IVF. I hope that is helpful for women who have been diagnosed with this condition. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him, michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.